Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's up, guys? This is EJ Hahn with TheWolverine.com. Back with another Wolverine live podcast here. Along me is uh, co-host Zach Libby, who is back in winter gear, uh, wearing matching outfits here uh, after spending some time in sunny Miami. How does it feel to be back in the Midwest, Zach? I mean, I didn't get burned when I was down there, so, you know, I'm feeling good. Not not itchy or anything. (laughs) Well, Zach will recap his time uh, in Miami later in this show. Uh, As always, guys, this is our Tuesday recruiting podcast, so we are not answering questions unless you have a super chat. If you do have a super chat, you can hit that donate button, and uh, that money goes towards our travel budget so Zach can enjoy South Beach (laughs) uh, and get you information on top recruits. Uh, So hit that donate button, leave a super chat if you want to get a question in tonight. Um, If you aren't subscribed to thewolverine.com, you can 
subscribe today for just $29.99 until August 31st. That gets you through the early signing period, summer official visit season on the team side. It gets you through spring football. Uh, obviously, we'll be covering Transfer Portal, NIL, and so much more over on the Wolverine.com uh, today. Just get your deal $29.99 until August 31st of this year. Also, like this video. Uh, helps with the algorithm, helps us get in front of other Michigan fans. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. I believe we're about to hit or have hit 21,000 subscribers. So keep making us a big Michigan page on the YouTube by clicking subscribe. It's completely free and you get alerts every time we drop a new video. And uh, yeah, as always, uh, on three over 24-7. So there we go. Um, all right, guys, let's go ahead and dive into this week's show. Michigan obviously coming off a big recruiting weekend. They had uh, late 2023 target Cameron Brandt on campus for an official visit, but a lot of the buzz seemed to be around the 2024 recruits on campus, a handful of really highly touted prospects and key targets. Uh, let's go ahead and just uh, talk about the weekend, Zach. What were some of your biggest takeaways from Michigan's first junior day? Uh, I, I'm not really sure if Michigan ever advertises it as an actual junior day, since it's a smaller group of kids as opposed to other schools, which have really large junior days with a bunch of guys coming in. But this uh, small but successful weekend, Zach, give us your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing but positive reactions from everyone who we have each talked to that attended last weekend. Um, I think what made it so successful was the off the field drama about Harbaugh not having to be questioned anymore. Um, I think these kids know right now who came that if they commit and sign to Michigan, Harbaugh would be there in Ann Arbor still. Um, I think also the fact that Michigan made an effort to bring in regional players from areas that are being heavily prioritized. You know, you got the city of Chicago um, and the entire state of Ohio. Um, you know, Michigan has successfully landed some Chicago land recruits the past four few years and are looking, I mean, obviously to reap the rewards of back-to-back -back Ohio State wins by plucking away talent from their own backyard. Um, I think plus, you know, having those two four-star recruits from the state of Georgia be in attendance as well, um, Walt Claire Flynn and Heaven Brown Schuler, um, it signals the fact that I think Michigan is going to continue planting its footing again in one of the biggest hotbeds of recruiting in the 24 class. Um, you know, I think after signing two guys in Georgia last cycle, um, I and recruits who are willing to leave the comfort of the South and play at the highest level of college football is the right move, um, which should result in possibly more of a peach day vibe in Ann Arbor this coming December. So overall, good, uh, good uh, reactions. Um, we'll see if it results in commitments in any time soon from either Brant, um, as you mentioned, or any of the 24 guys who are top targets. Yeah, definitely. So a uh, couple things from me. First of all, let's start off with Cameron Brandt, just because he is a 2023 guy. National Signing Day for the late period is coming up here soon. Uh, I believe we are right at about uh, a week or so to go. So um, Brandt is a four-star defensive lineman. Michigan recruiting him as a bigger edge. Doesn't really post a ton on social media. That's why you didn't see a lot coming out of his visit. Um, not a ton of interviews from him either. But he is a guy that, from what I have been able to gather, Michigan is feeling pretty optimistic about whether he makes a decision 
before signing day or on signing day remains to be seen. Uh, but I still like where Michigan is trending coming out of the visit. I think Brandt, who is committed to Stanford, really values the stability at Michigan now that Jim Harbaugh has made it clear that he is remaining in Ann Arbor. Uh, keep in mind that Stanford had a coaching change. They parted ways with David Shaw, which is a big reason why Brandt didn't sign there. Brandt visited no other schools this month except for Michigan, which is obviously a positive for the Wolverines. On top of that, he was really impressed with the pitch uh, from both the football and academic side. When you look at Stanford, yes, they have the elite academics, but they don't necessarily have the elite football. Michigan has the elite academics and the elite football, and that's something that's really appealing. Of course, Michigan is very far away from the West Coast, and I think that's the big thing. If Brandt can bring himself to get past the distance aspect, then I think you will see him make a flip. So I, I would say that's the, the biggest holdback with Michigan right now. Um, you know, moving on to the 24 class, I know there was some disappointment, I guess, among Michigan fans in terms of a lack of commitments. Like you said, Zach, there were zero commitments coming out of the weekend. At least right now, Tuesday night, there's been no commitments as a result of the weekend. But I do think this weekend kind of sets the tone and will lead to some eventual commitments, whether that's later this week or later, you know, in the month in February or later in the spring, I think Michigan has positioned itself well with several of these targets. I mean, you look at the visitors list, I think that Michigan leads with Brian Robinson, another great visit there on 300 edge out of Ohio. I think Michigan leads with three-star offensive tackle Ben Roebuck out of Ohio, and those guys had a chance to not only spend quality time with the staff, but also Luke Hamilton, who is already an on 300 offensive line commit from Ohio. I think Michigan leads uh, for Amarion Stewart, a four-star wide receiver out of Chicagoland, uh, another a uh, great prospect on the board that uh, I think this visit helped out a lot. Jim Harbaugh spent uh, a good amount of personal time with Stewart and those around him. And then you have guys that, uh, you know, we're still figuring out where they may be on the priority board, but you have another under the radar defensive lineman in Ohio, Ted Hammond, who I think Michigan's in a great spot for Eddie Twerk out of Chicagoland, another three-star defensive lineman. I think Michigan's in a great spot for Marquise Lightfoot, a three-star edge out of Chicago that again, Michigan's in a great spot for. So if Michigan really ramps it up with those three guys, I think they, uh, would have a lead in those recruitments as well. So again, I think Michigan did a great job of getting a smaller group of guys on campus, building on some of the leads they have, positioning themselves well for um, prospects they may make a harder push for as the cycle continues, and uh, becoming more major players for guys like you mentioned that are out of region, Zach, like Walt Claire Flynn um, and Heaven Brown Schuler. So uh, overall, I would say the weekend was successful. Yes, it, it is kind of frustrating uh, for Michigan fans to not see any commitments, especially coming off, you know, the season that Michigan had, uh, the disappointing class last cycle. But I think if you stay patient, you will see guys that visited this weekend definitely end up in the 2024 recruiting class. Uh, I guess to put a bow on it, Zach, any other closing thoughts on the big weekend? No, I mean, from, 
the Ohio guys, for instance, that I've talked to, I mean, Luke Hamilton, as you mentioned, the 24 commits out of Avon, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Um, you know, everyone who visited really mentioned Luke as being the guy who's been pitching them to join them in the class, um, regardless if they have Ohio State offers or not. Like, Hamilton will be the catalyst along with his coaches, coaching staff in terms of getting more guys from Ohio. So we saw four guys from Ohio commit and sign last class. So if with Hamilton now on board early, we could see even more this next next cycle. Definitely. And uh, look, I, I think this weekend as well is going to be big for Michigan. Uh, you have several other big time visitors getting to campus on Saturday and Sunday this coming weekend, including guys like on 300 running back Taylor Tatum and top 100 linebacker Aaron Childs. So these January visit weekends, while you may not see a ton of commits again, I, I think they're still successful in the relationship building process and just maintaining and building leads as well as uh, becoming top contenders in, in certain recruitment. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next topic. But before we do, just a uh, quick reminder to like this video. Uh, looks like we have more uh, viewers joining the fold. So make sure to like this video and subscribe to the Wolverine YouTube page. That is completely free. You can also subscribe to the Wolverine.com for $29.99 until August 31st of this year. All right, so tonight, as we are recording this, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh and some staff members are making an in-home visit with five-star athlete Nicholas Harbour. It has been a whirlwind of the last couple of weeks in the Nicholas Harbour recruitment. Harbour, obviously a freak athlete out of the DMV, uh, six foot five, 225 pounds with 10 to 8, 100 meter speed. Um, if you don't know who Nicholas Harbour is by now, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. This is a Michigan recruiting show, and he is the top overall remaining target on the board as we head into the late signing period. Um, as I said, it's been kind of crazy with the Nicholas Harbour recruitment. You've had Oregon jump into the mix late. We all know how NIL friendly the Ducks are. We also know that Harbor being a guy that wants to eventually run in the Olympics and is taking track just as seriously as he is taking football. We know Oregon offers a lot on the track side as well as their ties to Nike through Phil Knight. So Harbor making an official visit now to Oregon this coming weekend. Uh, Michigan did not get a return visit after hosting him for an OV way back in September, which is a little concerning, meaning tonight's in-home with Harbaugh is the last time Michigan will be able to have face-to-face -face contact with Harbor before he makes a decision. If you are Jim Harbaugh, Zach, what are you selling Harbor late because this is a kid that's been to campus multiple times. You've been recruiting him for more than a year. You've been the constant in his recruitment. I know you've had some uh, ups and downs with Oregon coming in late. South Carolina had some, some momentum early on in the fall. Maryland is quietly feeling confident as well. What is your pitch to Nicholas Harbor if you are Michigan and Jim Harbor? I mean, I think the OV kind of set forth what 
the Harbor family understands what Michigan can provide. I mean, proper development to become a first round draft pick, full reign on deciding whether or not to play wide out or edge at the next level. You can become the star on the hundred meter on the track team. You get the best education that no one else on his top list can provide. If you want to counter Oregon's NIL pitch, which I assume Phil Knight and his Nike team are going to do, you 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 pitch how the play, current players on the roster are set up with the NIL opportunities while they're enrolled. Um, you give examples like Blake Corn. You give examples like J.J. McCarthy, guys who didn't come in with NIL but end up getting it because of what they were able to do on and off the field. If NIL does become the, uh, a main reason for why or why not Harvard commits to a school, you have to pitch that Michigan takes care of its players while they're students. Um, and the proper examples, like I said, Corm and McCarthy are the proper ones to show that you come in, you be successful, you reap the rewards of that. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, like this in-home with Harbor and I know Ron Bellamy and Cheryl Moore are coming in too. Like this has to be the best one yet. Like South Carolina's in, Oregon just did one. Like anything less than that, I mean, there's little to no confidence that Michigan lands its first five-star in the 23 class. So like you mentioned, if I was going to pitch one thing, it's you come in, you you make your mark on the field, you make your mark in the classroom, NIL will come with it too. Yeah, look, man, I mean, it's crunch time here in the Harbor recruitment, and I am a little pessimistic with all the recent developments. I think when you look at Oregon and what they've been able to do on the recruiting trail with NIL and you factor in the track aspect as well, I think Phil Knight is actually going to be involved in the official visit this coming weekend. That to me is really scary. I know Oregon doesn't necessarily have the academics and we've talked about you know we've talked about this over and over about how harbor is a 4.0 student his dad works for nasa i mean we've said that a million times i feel like everybody knows his dad works for nasa at this (laughs) point Um, but look i mean if academics really are a factor that i think that's something that you can continue to sell uh obviously uh and like you mentioned zach there is no formal NIL plan on the recruiting trail that Michigan has, but they do have an idea of what they want to do. And I know we keep hearing soon, 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 you know, soon needs to be now for Michigan on, on the NIL front, but that's another conversation for another day. For now, you can talk about what you're looking to do and what plans are coming into fruition in terms of having a base salary and a guarantee and and why you want to keep the culture and why development and culture at Michigan can supersede what Oregon has to offer in upfront dollars, right? So I do feel like there is something to sell on that end. And like you said, Zach, there are examples. It's not like you can't point to anybody. You can point to Blake Corum, you can point to to J.J. McCarthy. And, and those are guys uh, that can be used as real examples and real dollar figures on top of what um, you are projecting with your base salary plan. So I do feel like there's some wiggle room there, and it, it helps that Harvard is a really um, you know, well-educated kid, uh, well-thought-out kid that that has been pretty measured. And uh, I do feel like Harbaugh 
can win this recruitment from a personal standpoint. I mean, his resume as a head coach, I feel like is better than anybody else recruiting him right now. And uh, Harbaugh's development, his experience, uh, having coached in the NFL as well, being a player in the NFL as well, has to be appealing to a guy like Harbor. And even though Michigan doesn't have the track program that Oregon does or that South Carolina does. Uh, they recently renovated the indoor track facility. Harbor has a connection to the track program through women's stars, Zaya Holman, who is part of that uh, magnificent comeback that went viral on social media this weekend. And she has been involved with the Michigan staff uh, in the recruitment of Harbor. So I feel like there's still a chance. And like I said earlier, Michigan's been the constant. I mean, Oregon came in late. South Carolina didn't really have a ton of buzz until, you know, closer to, to the summer and into the fall. You know, I, I guess Maryland has been a contender for a while as well, but it's always seemed to, we, no matter what has happened in this recruitment, we've always seen Michigan stick around and, and stay a major player. And that uh, kind of culminates tonight as, as Jim Harbaugh and company are making their final pitch. And we will have a lot uh, more on Nicholas Harbor and his in-home visit. Once that concludes, we'll be gathering information all night and we'll have exclusive updates over at the Wolverine.com, which remember is $29.99 until August 31st. We do have a super chat we want to get to uh, since we are limited on time. And there we go. Our producer Hutch uh, finally coming through with a timely Ric Flair gift, but he says cold beers, gents, amazing. We are still using the word disappointing, discussing 23-24 recruiting after are going 25 and three with back-to-back Ohio state pummelings and big 10 championships feels like Jaden Davis is needed to turn the entire narrative. Uh, Zach, do you agree with that sentiment? Do you think Jaden would turn the narrative? I mean, he would, but I mean, there's also like three or four or five other guys that can do that too. Um, I think it's just a matter of closing out recruitments with some of these guys. I mean, we've talked about Jordan Marshall quite a bit. We've talked about Brady Prescorn quite a bit. We've talked about Brian Robinson a bit, quite a bit. Like, there has to be some sort of closing so- soon um, before Michigan fans get antsy um, and I or relive 23 recruiting the prior offseason. So, I mean, Jane Davis is obviously a name. He's probably he's the biggest name, but there's other guys in the conversation too who, if you close out with them, I think – optimism um, will persist leading up to December. I think both things can be true. I definitely think you, if you land Jaden Davis, you'll have a narrative that starts to turn because it shows that Michigan is capable of not only landing a highly touted recruit in general. Remember Michigan finished with zero top 100 prospects in the 2023 recruiting class. Uh, So you could land an actual top 100 recruit, but you also land an actual top 100 recruit in a, at the most important position in football uh, as the most glamorous position, at least. um, And a guy that you can build your class around who can be a vocal leader who's recognizable in in terms of ranking and name to other high level recruits. So uh, yes, I do feel like landing Jaden Davis would help 
turn that narrative, especially now that you have Ohio State creeping back in with him. You have Clemson still involved there. So I think it gives you a sell, and I think it gives Michigan fans a lot of optimism for the rest of the cycle if Michigan's able to close with Jaden Davis sooner rather than later. But aside from Jaden Davis, even if you don't close with Jaden Davis and Davis wants to keep playing the waiting game, um, like you said, Zach, there are a lot of guys Michigan leads for right now. And we talked about it at the top of the show, guys that were on campus this weekend, guys like Brian Robinson, guys like Amarion Stewart, uh, Jordan Marshall, who you said was on campus uh, a couple weeks ago, Jacob Odin, who was on campus a couple weeks ago and returned for a surprise visit on Monday, which if you're a subscriber to the Wolverine, you read it there first. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like if you start closing with some of those highly touted guys, like uh, like a Stewart, who's a four star or Robinson, who's an on 300 guy or Marshall, who's a top 100 prospect or Odin, who's an on 300 legacy or Blake Frazier, who's another top legacy recruit. I mean, these are guys that can start building the foundation of the class, be vocal leaders that are very highly ranked and, and outrank most of the guys he finished with in 2023. So I think both things can be true. I think you can land Davis and really change that narrative, or I think you can land some of these other big time targets at different positions and start changing the narrative as well. So uh, that's kind of my take on it. Let's go ahead and go down to our last uh, topic. And and I was going to say our next question, but this is not the Wednesday show. This is our Tuesday show, which is our structured podcast. If you guys want your questions answered like Shane, and again, Shane, we appreciate your nine, 99 super chat if you want your your questions answered like shane click the donate button leave a leave a super chat request that money goes towards our travel budget so we can get around the country see top recruits and bring you guys exclusive information and in fact your super chats paid for zach's trip to miami where he so shout out to everybody on the youtube channel see if you want us to take more trips and see more mission Michigan recruits and get the brand out across the country uh, from a media aspect and keep sending those super chats. Uh, Zach was able to head over to South Beach and uh, see several Michigan targets, uh, even a commit in top 100 2025 cornerback Chris Ewald uh, out there in, in his time in the Sunshine State. Zach, what were some of your highlights from getting out to the Battle Miami event and seeing, um, like I said, a ton of Michigan targets in action? Yeah, so we ended up talking to over 20 recruits with offers, and that's not including the guys who have either visited or have had contact with the staff. So that's over two dozen guys. Um, they came from Florida. They came from Texas. They came from California. One was from Las Vegas, a uh, few from Georgia. Obviously, the guys from Michigan with Sound Mind Somebody. Uh, Pennsylvania. Um, it was just good to get a sense of like how Michigan has been able to sell its brand out of region. So you're talking about the deep South, you're talking about the West coast, you're talking about the Lone Star state. Um, they're able, they're also able to sell the opportunity to be a part of big 10 titles and to be a part of college football playoff appearances. And to some that may be surprised, yes, winning still matters to recruits. Um, you, these recruits too, some of them have never even seen snow before let alone travel or live in Michigan or in the Midwest. Um, it was also evident like how much the staff 
the Michigan staff goes the extra step to developing close contact with prospective recruits who, you know, aren't out of, uh, who are out of region. I mean, that could mean either visiting them at their school or placing phone calls weekly, or even like texting back and forth often. Um, I'll give you an example, like Bridell Richardson. He's a 2024 four-star whiteout of Tampa. Um, right before his first game, on the second day of the tournament and right before we started talking like for an interview, he actually told me that he just got off the phone with wide receivers coach, Ryan Bellamy. Um, another example, uh, Jamie French, um, a 2024 top 100 wideout from Jacksonville. Um, he has known linebackers coach George Hilo for a better part of three years, just because of their tie to the city. And um, that resulted in French wanting to take a visit to June and, just to connect further with Hilo and obviously Bellamy as well. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned at the tournament, Michigan had one verbal commit um, competing in Ewald, who's out of Hollywood, Florida, just south of Fort Lauderdale. Um, the biggest takeaway on the field from Ewald was that he played a lot of safety um, for DEFCON 1. Um, he's projected to be a cornerback because he's listed at 6'1 and 170, but at his school, he plays all over the secondary, um, so he shows that versatility. Um, Another takeaway was just from talking to Ewald and his coaches um, was how ready he was to commit. Um, even before he committed, he, he took some time off to delay his commitment. So we, so Michigan probably could have got a commit earlier than December. And if you look at it from, from other classes, like Michigan didn't land its first 23 recruit until November of that of the junior year. And then with the 24 class, the first commit didn't commit till June leading into his junior year. So Michigan's about six months ahead of the prior classes with the 25 class. Um, with Ewald, um, he mentioned his relationship with Steve Clayscale, who has prioritized Ewald all the way to June of 2021, um, when Ewald took his first visit to Michigan and ended up coming three separate times. Um, you know, just for a sophomore, to know exactly where he wants to play at the next level is one thing, obviously, but for a South Florida player who's ranked in the top 30 nationally wanting to play for a school like Michigan, which is so far away. And obviously Ewald has offers from all the big time South Southern schools like Miami and, um, you know, other Florida schools, but, you know, it just speaks a ton on the job the Michigan staff does with guys where they're targeting and, you know, it might not be the only commit if Ewald does end up signing that Michigan lands out of South Florida because Ewald is already prepared to bring his friends up there with him. Um, and that includes guys from South Florida, Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville. Like if Michigan ends up representing itself in Florida, it's because of Ewald. So overall, a great trip. Um, ate more Cuban food in the last four days than I have in my 26 years of life. So um, thank you to all the super chats who paid for my dinners. Uh, I will add on Chris Ewald. Look, uh, a lot of Michigan fans are wondering if the Wolverines will hang on to Ewald. I mean, 2025 is a long way away. This is a South Florida kid, but Steve Klinskow has invested a lot of time and resources recruiting South Florida. Ewald gave uh, and those around him gave a lot of great quotes to Zach. He's actually part of the same, and this is, I don't think has been talked about a lot, but he's actually part of the same seven on seven program that produced Michigan cornerback Jaden McDonald. 
Burroughs. And so Ewald grew up uh, playing on the younger teams while watching McBurrows play on the older team. And I think that tie uh, helps as well. Look, it, it is going to be tough to hang on to Ewald. There are going to be other schools that obviously continue to recruit him in the age of NIL. You're going to have Miami probably come back and make a run. You had Tennessee offer. But I think Getting this pledge and uh, having him say all the right things, I think, is a positive step forward. I mean, you'd rather ha- want a commitment from Chris Ewald than not have a commitment at all. And I still think verbal commitments, while uh, you know, sometimes you see them go by the wayside, they can still mean something, right? And, and, and for him to commit this early uh, speaks volumes of how much he really, really loves the Michigan program. One prospect that you didn't want to touch on, Zach, that I'm sure a lot of our uh, listeners want to hear about is Bryce Underwood. So you had a chance to follow him around. Obviously a local prospect uh, that that you got to see down in Miami and you've seen in the past. But uh, what were your takeaways from seeing Bryce this weekend? Did he kind of live up to the number one quarterback billing in 2025? Because you also had had a chance to see him throw side by side with fellow top 2025 quarterback target Cutter Bowley. Yeah, so this was the second time we've seen both of them in action since December. Um, the first time was actually the first time that both of them have actually thrown like live since their season ended. So this was the second time that they've thrown in like a formal setting. Um, Underwood admitted this, you know, right off the bat that um, it took him a little bit to get into the flow of things. Um, you know, during his first first game, um, his first two passes were interceptions, but ended up throwing some dimes to like Michigan targets, including CJ Sadler and um, Michigan state commit Nicholas Marsh. Like in terms of just him finding his groove, like he's able to just like pick himself up and come out of adversity, especially when like at that moment, like so many people were the amount of eyes that were on Underwood when he was playing. um, I think he can, he can just let himself be in the and just, find his, you know, what makes him so talented with his dual threat ability. Um, In terms of his Michigan interest, you know, we talked about that. Um, You know, he said, it's great. It's great that Harbaugh is coming back. You know, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, Potential visits. I mean, obviously he lives less than a 25 minute drive from Ann Arbor. So he wants to, he can do that anytime that he wants. Um, I would imagine that he would end up taking a visit alongside his teammates in 2024 linebacker Jeremiah Beasley, who's expected to commit in mid-March. Um, Beasley was also there, and he said he was going to get back there and spend some time with the coaches before he commits. Um, but I know Underwood's going to Penn State next weekend. Um, LSU did an in-school visit um, recently, and they were able to get him on campus after the February dead period. And if you follow his recruitment on Twitter, you notice that he picked up multiple SEC offers, um, including from Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. So I think this we're finally going to see Underwood's recruitment become national as opposed to more a more regional one with you know Michigan or Michigan State. Um, this is going to be – if Michigan wants them to keep him in state, they're going to have to – 
compete with pretty much every power five school um, who's offered or is going to offer. So um, it's, you know, overall, it's just great to see Underwood. He's very kind. He's very nice. Um, he's a very high academic kid. Um, he likes the tradition of Michigan. So um, I think he also understands what it takes to be a Michigan player just because he's he's lived in the Detroit area for so long. So um, overall, I think against national competition, he held his own and ended up succeeding against the odds of him, you know, struggling a little bit in the early end. Well, that about does it for us, guys. We are over time. Uh, like I said earlier, make sure to like this video. It helps with the algorithm, gets it in front of other Michigan fans. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, and as always, we appreciate you guys for taking the time to join us. And if you're not a subscriber to the Wolverine.com, make sure to take advantage of our promotional deal $29.99 through August 31st of 2023. Three, like I said, as well. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.